Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, g'day, the Shelter Footycast live from Backchat Studios. What a weekend in West Australian sport. We've got the baseballing going on. Of course, we've got the Scorchers winning and we've got the Wildcats in the finals, back in finals, should I say. Joining us here from Backchat Studios, Shelter Footycast. Follow us on socials, Shelter Footycast. And send us an email if you want to, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Skeeter, the question remains though, West Australian sport going magnificently. Did you get VIP tickets to the cricket. No, it did not. I oh, got no. uh, left on the shelf. Uh, so that was a bit of a disappointment. But uh, look, it was outstanding. For those who were there, they're saying it was comparable. Now, you might be able to help us out with this. The 2018 qualifying final, the noise that was created on that night, and I was there, that was just extraordinary. They're saying it was comparable last Saturday night to what was four years ago, albeit a different sport. It looked like it. It looked like absolute pandemonium yeah. when the lads were hitting off. Uh, Dan and I were actually on a little uh, fishing charter, and when I say charter, I mean a dinghy that <laughs> I may have been driving without my gibbers, Tyson. Uh, uh, we we pulled up onto someone's jetty and ran inside and watched the last three overs. Dan said, oh, we knew who they were, but it was, uh, it was one of the boys' uncles. Anyway, long story, we saw the last three overs of the game. It, it looked amazing. And what I love about you is that you've, you identify talent really early. And, and when it comes to cricket, Cooper Connolly's the guy that you've hitched your bandwagon to. The greatest load of horseshit I've ever heard in my life. Scoey. Oh, I've been following Cooper Connolly's career for a long You'd never heard of him. You thought it was Cooper Cronk that was playing for, for the Scorchers. <laughs> That's what I bloody loved. That's what I put it on Twitter, been a big Cooper Connolly man for a long time. We got the radio yesterday, saying, been following his career. Oh, I just I just love getting around the young man. It was bloody good to watch, Skeeter. Yeah. Um, summertime. It's almost, it almost ends the you know summer as we know it you know of course february's on the way but january cricket you know bbl done test side over there 
I want to start with Shelter's Summer of Sour continues on, though. Don't worry about the cricket. Have you had your sour to review it? You bloody haven't, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't, but I can promise you I'll be doing it very short. I've I've heard some promises on this show before. (laughs) You've been throwing them around. Are you going to have a sour and review it? I will. I'll have a sour this Saturday, and then I'll I'll, I'll get someone to film it for me. Maybe my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, off she goes. I'm looking forward to it. I am. Good. So you're going to have a little sip on it. You're going to tell us what it tastes like, because uh, Shelter is challenging how the way people go about their summer and the way they drink. There's a competition on. There's yep. Victor Mowers on the line. Don't know if I've said that or I know I have. There's Victor Mowers. You wouldn't know what to do with one. No. $600 exclusive escape voucher. I'll give you an exclusive uh, right here on the Shelter Footycast. I believe the Shelter Footycast is potentially heading on the down, road. Potentially heading down to Bustleton for a little live show down at Busso. Maybe closed doors, though, because we don't know what will happen if we open the doors to the Mark Redding's autograph booth. What, women aged between 65 and 80? <laughs> <laughs> oh, while, while I'm here, I forgot to write this in. A little bit of a public service announcement before we get into the uh, footy and the sport. Was uh, having a little bit of a play in the surf uh, last evening down in Mandra. Oh, okay, yeah. And there was a nice little, uh, just a little... You, know, you think about pipeline and barrels like that. It was equivalent wave down at Mandra, not not like pipeline. I've caught a nice little wave. Jumped off. As I've jumped off, I've felt I've got a not my wedding ring, but I've got a. It's got fingerprints of my two children and my wife on it. Another ring. Yeah. I felt it coming off. Fell into the surf. Gone. Gone. So. It's it's there's a beach called Doddies. It's right on the point. If anyone has a metal detector, have a treasure hunt hunt out there. It'll it'll definitely be there somewhere. <laughs> if you find the ring, please return to sender. Backchat Studios. It's funny because I saw in all seriousness, I was at the dog beach uh, last night with with our pooch, and on the way back there was on a tree there was a sign saying a wedding ring lost. And and with all due respects, I'm guessing the value of the wedding ring probably. Yes, uh, my, mine would be more, but I'm, sentimental value, of course. I mean, correct, and uh, my wedding ring's still on my finger because, and my wife was there when I did it as well, so I, I, I was saved by the bell, I believe, because you come home from a surf and say you've lost your ring, probably doesn't pass, does it? No, nah, it doesn't go well. Or, or, yeah, so uh, keep your eye out for um, Scoey's ring. Exactly. Shelter born and brewed in Bustled and WA. A couple of big moments in sport and footy, of course. Let's start with this big one. The Scorchers win the BBL final. Skeet or I weren't in the VIP booth. They never came through. No, it, our, what we think is uh, our pull in this city, because I, I say to my girls, you know, I, I own this town. Well, clearly, I don't own much of it, because you and I did not get a phone call. But you, you might have got a, 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 a no, invite. I, I had an invite. Don't, don't, don't Where was put, it? It was an outdoor box. Yeah, well, more boxes than you, mate. Mate. That's fine, but it just shows you the the elitist attitude that you've become. You've, you've I adopted it. because I, you knocked it back. I did because I wanted you boys there with oh, me. Elitist. You said you had to be inside <laughs> with air conditioning and everything locked away. I tell you what, if you're in a VIP box, you wouldn't have been able to experience what that sound was. And you asked it off the top. Oh, it, it looked it looked like the 2018 qualifying final because because of. Uh, there was no Heat fans. It was just orange. There was yeah. not. There wouldn't have been one Brisbane Heat supporter in there. It looked unreal. Like it was exciting to watch and then see the players come on after the field. It's an interesting concept given that um, the Scorchers isn't a you know it's not a season team. It's a tournament. You know, yeah, over five or six weeks. Yeah, so or six or seven weeks. Yeah. The way that the boys reacted, it was it was like it that's means the something. Only, that's the only team that they play for, which is interesting given the amount of tournaments there are around the competition. Now, I think what we also have to give credit to, apart from the performances during the season, let's be honest, I I, I think the overseas imports 
that's one area they could probably improve upon next year. Adam Life, very disappointing. Faf Duplessis had one good innings. That was at the Junction Oval. But then, did he, where what? He didn't play for the whole tournament, did no, he? No, no, they, they're long gone. They're long gone. Where'd they, they go? Well, most of them have to go back to... Uh, Back right. to another tournament they're playing, they've committed to, or, or national duties. Right. So, so that's why the, the, it lacks a bit of continuity in that sense. Um, but playing well, pretty well, I would have thought. Um, I think you have to go back to the A team: Ashton Turner, Adam Voges, those two. Ashton Turner didn't make the Big Bash team of the year, but I just thought his final series as well. Oh, as mate, he could easily have been there just for his leadership. But his batting was brilliant as well. So, full credit to them. How they improve. Just culture. They just—they've just got that that great team ethos, and um, other teams have to try and match them. And there's a bit of talk trying to even up the competition by with the draft and trying to make sure it's tougher for the the scorchers and the sixes to succeed. Bottom line is clubs or franchises like the Melbourne Stars who've had ample opportunity, guys like Glenn Maxwell and so many talented players, just don't have the camaraderie clearly or the culture that that we talk about. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and it, you know, what was great about it was the Heat came out and made a big score. So you could have seen Heat go out for 130, and that would have been an absolute fizzer. The fact that the finals made it to Perth a couple of weeks, you know, back-to-back weekends, yeah. I don't say to save the competition, but they, they got probably over 100,000 fans in the door where if it had been at every, any other stadium or any other city in Australia, they wouldn't have got... 50 of those probably. Yeah, You're probably maybe. not getting much over 30. Well, the, Melbourne Derby would have got, got a big crowd. Yeah, but well, like Sydney spat out 30,000 for the yeah. like that was, a, that was a Thursday game, and obviously yeah. we copped it as a stick about a test crowd. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was outstanding performance, and uh, yeah, it's it's one that you know we'll look back on, and hopefully that there's uh, some Sheffield Shield success for the boys to come that have, you know, they've jumped straight from that format into the Shield competition. We'll uh, get into a couple more details a bit later on in the show. What about the Wildcats? They're back in finals. Yeah. Um, Good result for the Wildcats. Can they make any any meal of it, Skeeter? I think they're making up the numbers. That's yes, my personal yes, opinion. I know, I've said I this know, all along. The drama yesterday, and this is interesting because uh, it's been revealed after the 12-point win that the players and the coach didn't know how much they had to beat Sydney by. Right, so there was an amount, was there? They had to win by 11-plus points, 11 or more points. Yeah, I did not know that. There you go. Because Melbourne United had beaten... <laughs> Good to see you how's following. My, no, how's my form? I, I, I saw it all come up on socials and everyone's carrying on like pork chops. That, that's why. And it was it was 96 to 84. I was like, don't, yeah, don't think that play really mattered. But yeah, exactly. No, that's I, exactly why I, that be honest, I wasn't sure of the margin, but Melbourne beating Adelaide by nine meant that we had to win by two more points than what Melbourne won by, if, they, if that makes sense. So they had to win by 11 plus points. But you so said they, the players did not. Uh, that's what apparently the players... But the match finished, Melbourne United match finished, the players were on court. Yeah. But you're right, John really, I'd be staggered if he didn't know and at least go, okay, this is what we have to win by. Because you remember, think back to the last game at Subiaco with West Coast, West Coast Adelaide. Yes. So similar sort of thing happened mm, there. Very similar percentage. Yeah, and, and there was another game going on and I remember, because I was, I was uh, emergency, shock, um, wasn't playing <laughs> that game. Uh, I remember being in the rooms at half time and, and the other game had just finished yeah. and the coaches were frantically figuring out what the score was. But I remember Simo and the crew, they worked it out, but they didn't tell the players that the message was to the players, you need to win by as much as you can. Because I think the coaches felt if they gave them, you know, I think it was 23 points. If they said 23 points, then you get edgy. Whereas if you just try and play and win and win by... Would you prefer to know as a player? Yeah, and I was always of that 
like ilk as well. Like we used to do pre-season training, right? And Warren Cofed, love the man. Um, he, he ran training for us um, for a long period of time, right? Head of fitness. He used to not tell the blokes what the session was. You know, you can't be looking for the end. You, you, you know, you, you never know when the end's going to come. So, well, in a game, you fucking do, mate. It's a siren. <laughs> so, tell me how many four hundreds are going to run. He used to just run them. He used to just run them. And so it was. It was training the mind. He used to say. And I used to just be sitting at that going, just fuck. I used to. I used to be scrolling over here. Go and ask one of the assistants. Um, how many? How many four hundreds? If he couldn't tell me, I'd go and ask Bunga. Bunga used to know. Bunga, I don't know how Bunga because Bunga was the captain. Yeah. Bung, bung. Tell like we got five. We got six. We got seven. I think we got six, mate. I think we got six. You sit at the back a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I, I would like to know, but yeah. some guys But that, It was strange, I thought, but they led by 23 in the last right. quarter, the Wildcats. So they're sitting back, again, if they didn't know, they probably felt pretty comfortable. But then Sydney, because of the, the angst between the two clubs, they kept their, their, their better players on as long as possible to try and knock them out. Wow. So it was really interesting. Look, they've got South East Melbourne Phoenix on uh, Thursday afternoon, our time. If we win that, the Wildcats win that, they'll play the loser of Cairns v Tasmania. So, look, it's a long road for them, finishing as they did in sixth spot. I think their defence, their rebounding's all been question marks uh, for them. So, look, they have made it, and I'll tell you what, Hutchie's pretty relieved they've made it as well, because if they'd gone with his two years in ownership uh, outside the playoffs, two years in a row, uh, he would not... Well, put it this way, he wouldn't be let back into the state. In, uh, the Red Army. <laughs> the Red Army would have got hold of him. Apparently, apparently Lockie Reed did a very good job yesterday as well. Did his calf as well. Did his calf, I saw that. <laughs> Old man's injury. Yeah, that's very good. Um, uh, wouldn't be the shelter footy cast with a bit of a footy issue off the top. Stephen Dank, mm. uh, if you can remember that name, um, he's involved in the Essendon Supplements saga. In fact, he was... Yeah, whipping boy is probably the wrong word, but but he was the guy that was purported as being the man that set it all up, that had, you know not administered the needles, but you know set the program up with the coaches and the players. Um, he has come out very close to the ten year anniversary. I believe the ten year anniversary is within the next couple of weeks. He has come out and um, I quote it, um, it: "It was a setup." He he's saying he has been set up. Uh, I asked you this off air. I, I'm not quite sure. Set up for what? There's no argument as to whether this thing happened. This supplement saga happened, is there? They they, they ran an injection program. The players have said they were injected. Correct. They so that, knew- that, that's not arguable. So what's the argument? That what, what was, was being what? put in is, is not illegal. Is that right? Yeah, well, with the contents of what was administered, that might be right. what is in dispute. And again, I was reading this morning about there are certain parties would, would like to have um, technology advanced to the point where they can look specifically at the the samples that are still apparently in storage or um, kept. Did you, did you say there's like a mem- memoratorium on it? Is that the right word? <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> it's a, a, t- a 10-year uh, window that right. they can use. And that's coming up very close, close to an end. So so therefore they'll be destroyed, all, all that evidence, right. all those supplement um cases that were, were put in place. So, again, we, we almost need uh, Travis Kelsey here to, to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. That, that little hot key over there. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, what was the name you said, the man you said from Essendon? Who said oh, so uh, Danny Corcoran yes. has come out and he said it's a, a huge injustice and I'm assuming he's talking about what happened to the Essendon Football Club. So, Bomber Thompson, I've, I've done a, a sportsman's lunch or two with him. Now, He's had his own issues, yep. separate to footy, obviously. But he looked completely destroyed, this is going back a few years ago, as to, to what 
had happened at the club and how he'd been uh, entangled in it and, and the, the guilt that he'd been, I guess, directed at him and, and all the coaches. Joe Watson loses his brown low. The club's fined $2 million. Uh, James Hurd's suspended for 12 months. The players are suspended for 12 months. They're with a wooden spoon all on the back of this program, which, again, sort of what I said off the top, there's no argument whether or not it happened. It's uh, the legalities around what was getting put into their bodies. Look, uh, without going too far off off topic uh, and speaking to a few of the players that have been involved, you know, it's a bloody tough area for them to be, right? So you're in a footy club, you're in this highly structured um, area, you're trying to be the best, you're trying to win the premiership and you've got people you trust that come and say, this is legal, you know, we're going to do this to get better. Um, you know, you're trained as an athlete to buy in. Like that's that's what they want from footy clubs. That's the culture they want is is buy in. Not only did they they bought in, but they also questioned it. You know that if you remember back, the the Essendon Footy Club players went to the AFLPA. It wasn't like they were like, yeah, no worries, don't don't ask any questions. You know, they asked questions. They felt like it was legal, and you know they went ahead and did it. And, and a lot of them lost their careers over it. Like you know and. And you know Watson and you know, McVeigh, coach of the GWS, you know he, just, he got spat out. Just put yourself easier for you to do it than me. Just quickly, when you are going and getting injected, I think either weekly or whatever, is there yeah. the penny? Yeah. So I mean, that's the other side of it, right? Is you know that's certainly never been something that I've witnessed in any shape or form. So that's where the questions would come about. But I think if you speak to the players, they, they say, we, we did question it. Yeah. And we did think what you're saying, which is, this is very strange. Like, what is going on here? Is this okay? But I think you get so so entrenched and so ingrained into, you know, f- not following the leader, but, you know, trusting the people that are above you. You know, there, there, there was medical people involved. You know, uh, the doctor and, and Stephen Dank is purported as a medical guy. If they're in your footy club and they're saying this is going to make us better, this is going to help us win, I, I think I think it, it's it's certainly acceptable to think what you're thinking and say, well, like how ridiculous is getting jabs? Every but also, day. as you quite rightly point out, and I think the late Dr. Bruce Reed, I'm pretty sure he was there at the time, and he was highly regarded yeah. by those at the football club. So if he had any part in it, and, and for instance, if, you know, if you're a player, you trust a guy, he's your doctor, he doesn't say there's some red flags here. Mm. You, yeah, you're right. You, sometimes you're maybe naive, but sometimes you think, well, I have to trust science. It's I trust the, the, my medical expert, which a bit like vaccines. I'll go, well, you know, I don't know what's right and wrong, but if someone who has studied in this field knows what they're talking about, then I'm probably best off following their lead. It's a very difficult situation to put yourself in their shoes. I've played you know, footy for 14 years at the highest level. I, I still struggle to put myself in their shoes. You know, if, if my captain, uh, my coach... Uh, the head of sports science all stand up and say, oh, this is what we're doing, mm. I, I would say I, I would have done it. And if, if I thought it was legal and I was told and I questioned and it was still come back to me and said it was legal, yeah, I would have done it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, interesting. Shoulder footy cast, Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. Fremantle and West Coast update. Um, let's start with West Coast, shall we? I went down to training. Yeah, well, I was about to ask you about that. Now, A, why did you go down? And B, was it a slightly... Um, did you feel like a visitor? Did you feel like you could just go and roam the corridors? Yeah, or so that's a good place to start. I mean, this will be exclusive to our Shelter Footycast listeners. So the reason I went down there, I've been doing a couple of um, uh, live sportsman nights with Benny Cousins. And I said to him at the last one, I said, mate, he, he asked if I had been down to training. And I said, I hadn't been down there. No, I hadn't been down there since I retired. And he said, I've been thinking about going down. And I said, well, 
if you go down, give me a text and I'll come down with you. Anyway, on the Wednesday night, got a text from Gussie, uh, which which might, might add is a bit out of the blue. Mm. And he said, oh, I'm going down to train tomorrow. Do you want to come down? And I thought, no, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. So I rolled down there, um, probably tried my fob on the players' uh, entry. It didn't quite work. <laughs> um, no, but it was interesting because you know, I had to come in through the cafe and then make a few phone calls and get someone to let me in. And then, yeah, it, it, it felt weird a little bit. Um, I, I did feel like I didn't want to be... In, I didn't want to go in the in locker true, room. Yeah. I, I definitely felt like I was a visitor. Um, but then I was walking to go to my seats up in the stands and I walked past um, a boundary throw-in stoppage. And uh, the first thing that struck me was just how hard and fast it looked. Like, And, and, and you're only out for four years. Yeah. Or, like, it could even be less. Like, well, I less finished, like, yeah, it, like finished at the end of 2020. So, yeah. Like I, I'm not that far past no. it, but I certainly felt it. Like I, just watching how hard they were, they, they were full blown match him, and it was just I, I just couldn't fathom how I'd been doing that. Like I, I looked at it and, and it just looked unbelievable intensity. So went up into the stands, watched him go about it. Look, I won't go too far into you know some of the stuff I, I saw because I wasn't there in a media capacity. Mm. Um, but overall, um, I really liked what I saw. Um, I think I can probably share a couple of people that stood out to me, which I don't think anyone's really talking about. Cal Jamison, um, if anyone remembers him, he played some footy last year, given the injuries. I, I do recall, obviously, I remember him playing down back. Yeah, played a bit of back, played yeah. a bit of ruck, played mm-hmm. a bit of forward. Uh, look, he, he, he's a he's a rangy type, but he's bloody tall, and he's always been a beanpole, skinny as. He's put on, I'd be surprised if he hasn't put on close to 10 kilos this year, and I just... Just eye test, I just really like what I saw. And he may not play a game this year. I don't know where he'll fit, but um, he certainly looks a different player to what I remember him as. Uh, Ruben Jinby um, really caught my eye. I got drafted with a guy called Tim Hulland. I don't know if you can remember Hulls. Yeah, play, yeah. Played close to 50 games for the West Coast. He was a national um, three-kilometre champion. So he was the fastest in Australia at that. So it was always good to do a time trial with Hulls. <laughs> uh, Ruben Jinby runs, he looks like Tim Houlihan when he runs. Hulls used to be able to extend his stride and he would go from jogging to sprinting in about, you know, like a, like a cheetah. He would just go... And I watched Ruben Jimby run this diagonal across the ground and he was with his player and he just... He didn't look like he was sprinting. He just extended his stride and he just he put 10 metres on the bike he was on. Didn't look like he was even trying. So And he's 195 centimetres. Or 195, 195. So... I think West Coast fans should be excited by that. Elijah Hewitt kicked two goals while I was watching. Um, they played him as a deeper forward, which which I found you know interesting. And and there were some rotations, which I won't say specifically who they were in case you know they, yep. they are protecting that. But um, guys that are involved in some you know interesting rotations include Tim Kelly, uh, Elliot Yo, Luke Shuey, Jimby. Um, I like what I saw out of Hunt from Melbourne. Um, he playing as a backman, half back, half top. half back. Yeah, uh, you know, like, and really love what I saw out of the young kid Long. So there's been some talk about him in the papers. I've seen some stuff on social media. I hadn't seen much of him. He was the last pick in West Coast National Draft this year. He will. I, I'll put my a uh, little bit of uh, Kahuna's on the line. I reckon he'll play round one. Long. I, 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 he he was the most impressive forward. Saw him do some things that. You, you can't you can't teach. He took he took a mark coming up at the uh, at the at the ground. His defender was on him, and, and he took a mark. And instead of just you know going off the mark, taking as soon as he took it, um, remind me of Sam Mitchell. He just looked over his shoulder. The defender had dropped off five meters, 
So he just pivoted on the spot, ran at the defender, and he had you know a handball receive running next to him. Drew him, drew him, drew him. Balked the defender, hit the space, hit a forward. It, just little things like that. If you can see a young player doing that, look, he might not be physically, at, you know, at his prime, but but things Where's like he that. From? Um, he's a Victorian lad. He's yeah. a country Victorian, which I mean, absolutely no shock in that Victorian playing well for West Coast. But that that were that were the things that that I really liked. Um, and yeah, just some players playing in different positions. Um, and and the overall speed of their gameplay is fast. So look forward to that, West Coast fans. Yeah, they've got what two more weekends before they get into that match sim week week of, of matches against Port Adelaide and Adelaide yep. over over the two week period. So um, yeah, they've got. By the sounds of it, pretty healthy list. I think more than forty players on the on the on the park, which is so important. Nick Nananui was um, I, I was impressed by how he moved. He looked he looked no different to what he usually looks like. He wasn't flying around the ground, but he looked competitive. Um, Who's his backup right? Well, it, 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 I don't think it'll be Oscar Allen. Put it that way. No. I think Oscar Allen will be given every chance to play as a forward and to own that position, regardless of how, how he's going. He might have a few games where he doesn't kick goals. I think they'll back him in to be their forward and Jack Darling alongside him. So they'll have stability if those two are uninjured uh, in the forward line at least. That's where it would be nice to have Lloyd Meek from a, from a <clears throat> yeah. West Coast perspective. That that was what the insurance backup was. Speaking of Frio, uh, uh, again, they're, they're pretty much going under the radar. Is that, yeah. is that, is that a fair call? That yeah. Nothing's going overly... No one's sort of singing from the rooftops, no. although there's some pressure on You know, the West is... West had a, a, obviously a, a go at the, the top four, which the ambitions that they've got, the template they've put out, right. which you know I like clubs being you know up front. We want to do this, this, so this. So they said that they're, they're going to make top four? Well, I think as they part of their template for uh, the plan, which was set out a year or two ago, yep. is to be top four and obviously winning a flag within a couple of years. So right. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, correct. Um, yep. Adam Simpson always used to say, uh, we aim to play finals every year, so make the top eight. Once you guarantee a final spot, you want to play top four. Um, once you guarantee top four, you want to finish top two. And once you guarantee top two, you want to finish on top of the ladder. I mean, every team right now wants to finish on top of the ladder and win the premiership. That that like Even and the kangaroos. Can... Um, maybe you're not realistic, but th- they would want to play finals, play top four. Like, everyone wants to. How many clubs do you think in – we're talking in February. How many clubs do you think are realistic chances – you know, we talk about the EPL being such a, you know, there's a small window of teams apart from, say, the Leicester City season. How many, honestly, how many 12, teams 12. Think that can win it? Oh, can win it? Yeah. Um, I, I think you've got to, I think you've got to say definitely eight. Mm. And then you, you got, you know, at least two outside of the finals right now that could step up into it. So I think 10 would be fair. But that would very quickly sort itself out within six weeks of the season. Within six weeks, I would it say just I shrinks s- to about probably five or six. Six week it? mark, you can see who's challenges, who's not. Style of play, um, yes, it can change, but it's not going to. You're not going to get to see a Fremantle Dockers being this defensive side and go to this ultra attacking uh, flat. No. You, you can't flip a game style like that. They may tweak a few things to get a better connection forward of the footy, but. I would say 10. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think at this time of the year, but you're right. I think within that first six weeks, first five even, and, and there's one good example last year was Port Adelaide. Yep. You just knew they might make the eight yep. after losing their first five, but they were never going to challenge. Just remember the Freo Dockers will be sitting on top of the ladder after six rounds. Six and zip. Yes, that's correct. Jeez, I hope they don't get rolled by St Kilda in round one. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Our flag mantle merch sales won't be going too well if they do. So put your finger out, boys. A um, little bit more of a breakdown on the Scorchers skate. Maybe this. Mark Rennings, Will Schofield. 
The Scorchers. Um, uh, how did you see that game play out? So Brisbane come out, they make 175. No, no, you mean the nobodies. Oh, yes. <laughs> how about that? Well, you know, and I'm not sure who's... I think Jordan McCarl had the... the well, he, he wrote the story. He, he doesn't write But it's the subbies that do it. And look, I, you know, I work in the media, so I, I'm loath to, to get too critical. But if you're Adam Voges, you, th- you pick up the paper, you think, oh, no, this is not what you want to the, see. The heat, the, guaranteed, yeah. the Heat would have had that blown up plastered all over their locker room. But there's, there's there no doubt. Old school, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, they would have loved that, the Heat. And then yeah. they played like it. They came out. They played like a yeah. team that was. Yeah, you, you don't rate us. Yeah, exactly. Correct. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like the Scorchers were star-studded. You know, like they, they've got some great, great players. Missing a lot of players yeah. as well. Turner, great player. Bancroft, great player. Hardy had, you know, had a really good you know, tournament. But but these guys aren't Steve Smith, Labuschagne, no. Kawaja. You know, they don't have any names either. So that's what the Heat would have been saying anyway. Absolutely. It was a, a great advertisement for a competition where the crowds, I think, stabilised, if not went, went north this year. The TV ratings... Uh, better, I think the product looks looks you know good time slot now. So the big bash after being really wobbly, I think for a couple of seasons. Now look, let's be honest with you: if the Scorchers win, people celebrate, they enjoy it. If they lost, they would have been disappointed. But it's not it's not as tribal as footy. We know that. No, no. And you look at the Wildcats as an example of what Perth people do to get behind their teams. But the Wildcats is a season, right? Mm. And you're, yeah. Whereas cricket, you've got the Nation, you've got other tournaments. But I, like I do, like looking at the, the ground, there was a lot of merch sales. People bloody love them. Oh, yeah. Um, they absolutely love them. There was a couple of big moments that, that I, you know, watching um, Ashton Turner getting run out, that was a complete debacle. I think it was Hobson that... that Eskenazi not grounding his bat. That was that was crazy. That was lazy, and that was that. That at that point, you thought to yourself, "He's a professional cricketer." I mean, getting run out in those circumstances—it was it was stiff. It was almost like he was trying not to put his bat in. He sort of in slow motion. It just looked horrible. But all I can say to that is, you know, sometimes you you just brain, brain fade, and that can, when it happens on a big stage like that, amplified. You, you can't you can't throw the professional cricket out there. Like sometimes you make mistakes, and he clearly didn't think the ball was coming to his end, but. It just in slow motion. It was like he was holding his bat. I don't want to put it over. I don't want to put it. It was bang. frustrating to watch if you're watching and think, mate, mate. The turner run out was worse for mine. Like you've got uh, a bloke who's on fifty three runs coming back for two, and there's a there's a hesitation, and then Hobson sort of threw his hands back in the air, and they got, they got stuck in the middle. Well, you know, of the, the, the other thing that we talk about. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the middle, but whether the crowd noise, whether the call is sometimes. Muted a bit, or t- you know, those bloody things, loud, it loud, bloody loud. But then the two lads at the crease to finish the game, an accountant and a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I mean, Hobson hit the last ten runs of the game, so he wasn't sitting there watching Cooper Conley go to work. But Cooper Conley comes on. No one, no one knows him, including myself. I've never oh, seen. No, him. I, I did see him no, in a previous no, match. No, 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 and, and, and I saw him play a previous match, and I must admit, I've been told that he is up there with Teague Wiley. No, you're rolling. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Skeeter, <laughs> you're full of shit, mate. Hang on a sec. He's regarded with Teague Wiley, who you would not have ever heard. The only bloke Wiley I you haven't. know is Rob Wiley. Teague Wiley is a gun. Is there uh, a DJ, more, someone Wiley? Is more it? the long term. And Cooper Conley, also under 19 prodigy. What did you, what do you, what did you like about Cooper Conley before you know uh, the grand final? You tell me a few things about him. Oh, he's a, he plays for Scarborough. He's done a lot. Know your role and 
and shut your mouth. <laughs> that, of course, is Travis Kelsey after winning yeah, the divisional idiots. divisional championship. So I put it this way: that's going to be played, and we should have done it during the Steve Dank thing. That should be played whenever <laughs> yes. Scoey or Skeet start talking about something that we don't really comprehend. Honestly, it should be playing in the background on loop <laughs> and just like a nice little background. Exactly. That's Travis Kelsey winning the divisional championship, talking about the mayor of Cincinnati when he came out talking shit about the boys, which, of course, the Shelter Footy Cast knows all about. It was it was a great win and like a and good a great moment. There's not going to be no parade for the boys because they've all got to do Sheffield Shield stuff. But yeah, they're doing uh, recovery down City Beach. I couldn't oh, believe it. I, yeah. I thought cricket. I thought cricket on the gas to, for three days. Yeah, I thought. I thought that's. But they were down doing recovery. Yeah, that's maybe that's. What would you do recovery after you've won a? Mind you, some of those blokes had to go and jump. I think and that's all. Play right. some shield. AJ Ty uh, dyed his hair blonde. He's a different unit at times. <laughs> Lovely bloke. And the best, the best shot on Fox's coverage is him, him looking at the camera, yeah. staring. He's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. Um, well done, boys. Congratulations. Scorch is going beautifully. In fact, we might win the One Day Cup and the Sheffield Shield again. So, um, good cricket stuff. And, of course, the Aussies in Nagpur. Yes. For the first test against India. I don't think Cam Green's going to come up, to be honest with you. I think his, right. his finger's not quite right. So Just disappointing. Yeah. Because Hazelwood's out. He's out with Achilles. So Scott Boland or Lance Morris to get the gig. The wild thing. Yeah, unfortunately those decks over there, not a good place to make your debut as a fast bowler. So I think Boland plays, pretty sure. Our spinners will have to be really good against India. But I'm looking, I know you're not a cricket man, but that India Test Series is going to be really good. I am looking forward to the Indian Test Series. which a, Mate, the Indian Test Series runs into Monday, which is the Super Bowl. Of course, Sunday we know you're involved with the UFC. So there's a bit happening over the next week, even though footy's still just on the... Uh, on just on the cusp. Talking about the U- uh, UFC fan, not really. You're not. Not huge. No. No. In fact, no. I'm not. I would. I know you. You really love it. I'm. I'm we're, I can take we're a leave. We're still good. We just had a little power surge. We're still recording. We're still okay with the Dan. Um. So you take it or leave it. You, oh, I don't. No, the not UFC huge. 284 is in Perth. Yeah, Sunday. I heard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do know. Well, how do you know that? Well, because it's advertised. I had a look at the paper yesterday. It's first bouts at about six a.m. You won't be going. I'm going. You're going I'm to going. The UFC 284. I'm going to UFC 284. Who's your favourite fighter? Uh, Volkanovski. Oh, well done. <laughs> well done. You read that on the news this morning. <laughs> uh, what, 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 what place do you have at the 284? I'm, I'm, I'm this is one of the hottest tickets in town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the captain of the West Coast Eagles, Luke Shuey, wants yeah. to go. Big UFC fan. Can't get him a ticket. Mark Reddings. Wouldn't fucking know <laughs> Arthur from Martha in the UFC. Conor McGregor. <laughs> Conor McGregor doesn't fight anymore, but well done. <laughs> What are you doing there? I've just been invited to go to a um, a room and and enjoy some, some hors d'oeuvres and it's some like the me- so not the media media no, hors d'oeuvres. No, Michael Scott, who runs RAC Arena, and a mate of mine called John Saxon, have said, "Would oh. you like to come along as my guest?" So we're going to sting the night before. So I reckon I'll still be point two zero, and I walk into RAC Arena. Sting is that? No, that, I thought you never I- heard of Sting. I thought it was Kiss. I thought it was the guys that do the tongues. You've heard of the police, oh, the band? Yes, I've heard, I've heard. Oh, good. That's nice you, to know. You, exi- you excited? Oh, I've been looking that's forward to it. That's a big weekend for you. Oh, mate. And absolutely. So, Saturdays, yeah. So, the UFC, I'm actually looking forward to getting out alive because I reckon there could be some interesting characters. 6 a.m. doors open. Are you going to crack your first shelter at 6 a.m.? No, no, I'm not doing that. But I just want to know whether 
What sort of crowd's going to get there, in all honesty? I, I would say... That, well, they, 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 I was at the... Um, well, they, they, obviously, well, they, they stripped them down for knives and all this sort of oh, stuff. They, I don't think there'll be weapons brought in. Uh, like, mate, it's, it's a professional sport. It's like, it's like cage fighting with weapons. <laughs> what, what do you think? Why would they be bringing knives here? Do they do that at the footy? Well, like, no. footy's a pretty violent sport. They'd I turned people it up. Down. These bloke, my first two words, if I jumped into a, an octagon, would be tap out. What, what would happen on a footy field to you, mate? If you do tap, tap out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you can't tell me there's not going to be some, some... I was at Dave Chappelle at RS Arena. Dave Chappelle, comedian. There was a fight in the crowd at Dave Chappelle. So... In it, game on. I would say... I'll tell no, you what, if I, they come up to the corporate area, I'm definitely locking the doors. My experience with MMA fans, and especially yep. the fighters, incredibly respectful. When people know how to fight, when, when people are trained fighters, yep. they're respectful. They're not lunatics. I'll tell you who's not going to be there. Colin Barnett. What's that? Well, the ex-premier, he barred. Did he? Barred it. Okay, well, we barred Colin because it's a great sport. See you later. Uh, Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Shelter Footycast. I was waiting for the know your role and shut your mouth when Skeet was talking about the UFC. Dan, you got to get that finger going over there. Um, a couple of AFL uh, updates to finish uh, the Shelter Footycast. Massive blow for Carlton. Yeah. Zach Williams, ACL. Uh, I've seen a lot of talk about he's on a big deal and this and that. I think you're purely got to look at him as a player. He's been a proven, you know, he's been a good player at GWS. He's come over to Carlton, hasn't had a good he's run. He's been of it. okay, let's yeah, not, yeah. But he, he's had, a, he's had, a, he hasn't had a good run of it with injury. <clears throat> I think he's been played out of position a little bit, a bit of midfield, a bit of backline. Uh, from all reports, he'd had a great preseason. Does his ACL? Um, overall, my first impression is that's just a massive loss for Carlton. And I just wonder, and again, we're probably you know when you think of Sam Walsh missing early, is it just are you going a little bit? Cold on Carlton to, to be a you know a riser this year or is that is that being a bit premature? Did I? They're, they're my risers, aren't they? Are they one of the risers? I, I think most Carlton people have got them rising. Oh, look, I mean Sam Walsh would be a loss in Sam, uh, Zach Williams, put it that way. Yep. But um, he's had his surgery; he'll miss the start of the season. Sam Walsh, um, Zach Williams is gone, um, and I've just forgotten the guy that used to play for Richmond, who uh, Markov, Oleg Markov. Yep. He's been linked immediately to Carlton to come in and replace him. Not like for like, of course, but he's sort of a dashing halfback guy. Oh, am I cooling? Um, yeah, let's call it a cooling. I'm not, you don't not want, I'm not freezing him out. Just, no, but you don't want another two or three of those before the season. Just, yeah, you know what, you know what happens, Scott? Key players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, key players. And he's a key player. Think what you like. He hasn't had the greatest start to his Carlton career, but he's a key player. Um, you know, playing well, he's in Carlton's best players. Mm. So... Um, yeah, disappointing for Carlton, but they have to move on. A couple of these ones to throw out your skate. I just thought this was interesting. You know, I saw this come across the desk before we finish up. Um, there's been an All-Australian uh, table put out. So teams that have got the most All-Australians, and the least All-Australians for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the top three most All-Australians. I can give you number two, and I'm just seeing if it's still on my phone. It is. Very good. Uh, can you give me the top three teams with the most All Australians in their team, please? From twenty twenty two, you're saying? Or you... Right at this moment, the amount oh. that have ever been All Australian. Oh, does that well, make sense? Well, well, sort of. I mean, Geelong. Geelong are stands, second. Stands out. So Geelong are second. Geelong second. They have seven All Australians on their list. So okay. that's ever ever to have been All Australian. Oh, ever make an All Australian? Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you of the top four. Richmond. Of the top four, three of them finished in the top four last year, and one of them finished in the bottom four. 
bottom four of the, of the competition. The top on the competition finished wow. in the bottom four last year. So the, 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 the three I'm talking about are Brisbane, Geelong and Melbourne all have seven All-Australians. And on top of the list with eight All-Australians, the West Coast Eagles. Really? Jeremy McGovern, Nick Nananui, Elliot Yo, Andrew Gaff, Shannon Hearn, Jack Darling, Liam Ryan and Tim Kelly. And again, that the age of their list and obviously the success they had prior to, to last year was... Yeah, yeah. You would see Geelong as a as a ageing list. Yep. They have seven. So I think that points to the fact West Coast have got top high-end talent. If you can be All-Australian in one year, it means you can play the game. You don't, yeah. you don't luck into an All-Australian jumper. So I think that's why there's positivity in, in West Coast. Uh, on the flip side, least amount of top 10 picks in the competition... Uh, on their list, so you know, ever, West Coast right up there, the West Coast Eagles. So they are, they have four alongside Geelong and Port Adelaide. But therefore, who um, who has the most top ten picks on their list? Well, you'd have to think a, a Giants Gold Coast, no? Gold Coast is second with ten alongside North Melbourne. Uh, Fremantle are actually uh, equal third place with nine. So. Of the of the, but that was the Dockers with those nine. That's not by finishing, you know. Correct. So that's why the, the of the top five: GWS, Gold Coast, North Melbourne. Top of the list is Essendon. All all shit how luck. They were all terrible teams last year. GWS, Gold Coast, North yep. Melbourne, Essendon, Fremantle. You know, in the top five with top ten picks. I spoke about it a bit last year. Mm. Um, I, I think that's an interesting prospect given the talent that you have to do that. You still have to put forward talent. Essendon on top is an interesting one for mine because no one really gives them too much of a shot at being much this year, me included. Um, I'm certainly not doing the... Who named them as... Moldhouse said they'll win last the grand year. final last year, which is outrageous. They won't win the wooden spoon, but I can't see them playing finals this year. They've got the most talent on their list. Well, most top-end talent you're talking about in draft selections, but you know, I look at it and I go... I struggle to, to match them up against, say, Fremantle. And I think you have to give credit to the likes of Peter Bell. And, and given they haven't bottomed out yep. in the last, you know, they've had some leanish years, but I reckon they've done really well draft wise. I'm going to say, is Will Brody a top 10 pick? Jordan Clark, is he a top 10 pick? Oh, these are guys they've bought into the footy club from, from elsewhere. Um, Luke Jackson. Yep. Um, so I think you're talking about the, the, the Brayshaws and the, the, those. Yeah, I mean they've they've drafted them, right? Yeah, you know, Brayshaw, Sarong, Sarong, I think would have been. You know, they, they, these guys. Uh, when you know, Young would, I think he was. Oh, he might have been just out of the top ten, I think, or thereabouts. They got some high end talent on their list, and uh, I think it's going to be an exciting year for Fremantle, especially when they're on top of the ladder after round six. Uh, the last little tables I want to go through with you. Oh, just AF- quickly, sorry, I was oh, telling yeah. you, Will Brody ninth pick. Thank you. And uh, Caleb Strong was. Uh, draft number eight. Eight, yes. So, yeah, top ten picks. In fact, yeah, I did a, a function with Lukey, Jackson, uh, Sarong and Young, all top ten picks in their respective year 2019. So when you were asking that question, you should have known the answer. I had the, no idea. But you've done more You've done more mathematical summations there than I did in year 12 when I was doing Maths 4. <laughs> I don't know what Maths 4 That's is. Was that Abacus? Did they have those that back is, in the day? That is like... You know, if you're not, if you're an absolute dodo, yeah, an absolute numpty, that, and that was me. But I got an A, I got an A. There you go. <laughs> AFL, I'll keep it on the math side of things. Then AFL funding list revealed. So who gets the most money from the AFL? Uh, I obvious, would suggest it'd be the obvious ones: uh, the Gold Coast yep. Suns and their partner in crime. 
the Giants. Yep, that's um, but there's clubs like getting a bit of coin, like St Kilda, Brisbane, Brisbane. You know, I think Brisbane surprises me a bit. Yep, Melbourne, um, sixteen mil. Yeah. They, they're getting. So this is this is from um, a revenue share agreement that's within the footy clubs. It's where, how the AFL set up. So the big clubs like Richmond, Hawthorne, Collingwood, West Coast. West Coast they're, they're, Down the bottom. Yeah, so they get 10 mil from the AFL, but basically all the money that they make in profits comes into a big pool, and then they split it back out to make sure the the rich don't get richer. That That's pretty much why. It's an equalisation method that they don't want it to get like the EPL, where you've got four sides that can win it every year, and that's it, unless you get a rogue like Leicester City. They want, the AFL always wants, any team at any time to be able to win the grand final. Yep. That, that That is their optimum level that a supporter goes to the footy and you know your team's a chance to play finals and win the premiership. That's what they want. They don't ha- they don't have that yet, but that's what they want. No, you know, look, I think most... If you're sitting back as a, as a neutral at the start of the season, I think that's a... It's a, a, a nice ambition to have, a good ambition to have. Obviously, if you're working for the West Coast Eagles and you're making a lot of money and you're giving it to, say, the Gold Coasts and the, the Melbournes and the Giants of this world, then you're going, well... Yeah, a bit pee pee because that's yeah you're you're trying to become more successful. Don't worry, the coffers at West Coast are just fine. Just forty five in the yeah, bank if yeah, you don't mind. I think it they're is. doing just fine. The West Coast Eagles. Mark Rennings, Will Schofield, finishing up after this. Shelter XPA X Factor. Dan's a little rattle over there on the fingers. You can give me a little. No, your role is shut your mouth. There you go. You need to be hot on that. I reckon. Cooper Conley gets the Shelter XPA X Factor. Is he old enough to drink? I don't know. He's nineteen. I'm pretty sure he's nineteen. Hey, mate, you got to. We got to give it to him. Local. Absolutely. The mullet. He's just. I can't see him buying a drink in this town for a fairly long time. I can't see him not having a chick by his side when he goes out. (laughs) Do you like that haircut? You found the you know the no no sideburn. You know the the straight back. Straight down mullet. Mate. You ever rock that? No, I might have. Oh, not mullets, but no, no. Obviously. Have you ever, you ever no. had long hair? No. Have you? <laughs> no, no. Is there, a photo, is there a photo of you with I long hair? I could probably find one with, with him more hair. I yeah. would love to see. But, but no, Cooper, yeah, you know, he's a young kid, go for it. You know, as long as he hasn't got, you know, you know, he's got tattoos everywhere and, you know. What's wrong with tattoos everywhere? Oh, just on your neck and your face. Anyway. Okay. Just, we'll we'll get we'll get Skeeter's breakdown on what it's like to be a good-looking bloke. <laughs> like, oh, no, like. I never said that. <laughs> Cooper Connolly is a rock star name as well. Shelter XBA X Factor goes to Cooper Connolly. Skeeter, that's all we've got time for today. Shelter Footycast on social media. Get your daughters to follow us over there, Skeet, if you're not already. Email us at footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Watch us on YouTube. Follow us on socials. This will be on its new feed in February. Just remember that. It is February. I'm looking forward to getting down to Bustleton in March. Looking forward to seeing the good folk there at Shelter. Thank you very much, Skate. See you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage 
for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.